Hello and welcome into the 43rd episode of the Promo Guy podcast. We are now brought to you by Better Odds, a new odd shopping platform that I am excited to announce. We have a promo code for you to use. You know, we finally made not all of the improvements because we have developers working daily. They like they work like the weirdest hours, these guys. They're always working overnight, but that's a separate issue. Um, they're working hard, made a bunch of improvements, and we are ready to show it to you. It, it hasn't hit Twitter yet. Obviously, I've had uh, several codes in the Discord for some time, but now uh, we have a podcast promo code. So it's 90% off your first month, which makes it about $5. Uh, so there's really no reason to not try it. It is an odd shopping platform. We've talked about a bunch here. I don't want to you know, waste the whole episode talking about it. And for 90% off, you might as well just try it. So the promo code is TPGPOD. So TPGPOD is the promo code. It gets you 90% off your first month. You can sign up at WHOP.com, W-H-O-P.com, slash better odds. Uh, And that's better spelled O-R. So B-E-T-T-O-R odds. So WHOP.com slash better odds. And the promo code is TPG Pod, and I couldn't recommend this product enough. It's uh, definitely my main source for for finding plays and for you know doing a lot of the the promo plays that I do. A lot of it comes from there, so I highly recommend it. Uh, when you sign up, it'll take you to Discord, which was which has the oh, the website link there. You just click it. There's a video to help you navigate, and you know it should be pretty easy from there. So check that out, and I need to intro my good friend Nick from Blue Duck Media. Nick, how are you doing today? What's up, TPG? How are we doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited. This this episode's all about positivity. This is going to be the most positive episode we've ever done. We're keeping it light. We're keeping it, uh, although we are talking about limits, so I don't know how light we could possibly keep it, but everything's going to be positive today. Uh, that That's definitely the theme of this episode. I mean, you joined the call this morning. This was the happiest I've heard you. You were like, this is, this episode is nothing but positivity. I am excited to see where this is going to go. Um, and I think that should lead to a pretty fun state of the stack. So hit me. Let's do it. Okay. So stay the stack. I don't have the numbers. I'm super behind on the notes um, for the Twitter account. I think on the month we are around up a thousand for the month, which Honestly, is incredible, um, given that, you know, obviously all this stuff's tracked at the min-max, you know, $20 for the SGP insurance, $10 for most of the DraftKings promos, $20 for the FanDuel boosts, but also, like, it's February, it's a short month, it's post-NFL, for the most part, I mean, obviously the Super Bowl is the beginning of the month, but it's post-NFL, it's pre-March Madness, like, you know, this is generally not one of the months that we have a big month. So to be up $1,000 itch, again, I don't have the exact numbers. I'm kind of just relying on my my picket estimates. Uh, to be up over $1,000 is massive. And it's been every week. It's been strong. For, you know, it, it's really been kind of relentless. DraftKings has been, you know, the primary book that we've done our damage uh, on Twitter. And those SGP insurances, those soccer plays, which I actually went on this podcast, what, two weeks ago? Uh, and was like kind of explaining my thought behind them because people were up in arms about them being, I don't know, one in five to start. And I kind of just went through it. And then they've been on a historic tear 
So that's been exciting. The clash on the court boosts have been on absolute fire. The fifty percent parlay stuff, like really the only thing that hasn't been. What, what are the ca- what are the clash on the court boosts? It's like these college basketball, like the big college basketball game of the day. They give you a fifty percent boost on, and we just keep winning those bets. We've been winning the the fifty percent boost or the thirty three percent parlay boost that they give. It's really just been an awesome month, great week, uh, but but bigger picture, awesome month. Discord wise, the higher tier officials, which had been, you know teetering around flat for a while have made their push upwards uh which is exciting so let's see one two three so four of the last five days we've profited and the one day we didn't profit was down 0.2 units so it's been a a a strong push upward this week so i'm excited about that uh discord wise i have the monthly numbers i don't have like them done out by week for each book, I, I, I'm just referring to Bet Rivers, ESPN, and MGM. So ESPN's been the worst of the three, although it could get a nice boost on this soccer match going on right now. That's uh, kind of looking good. We'll see. But ESPN's up a little bit over three units on the month. Bet Rivers is up 23 units on the month, which is another just monstrous month um, for Bet Rivers. It, you know, because a lot of those are $25 max. So that's you know, that's pretty big. Uh, last month we were up around 23. So again, this month we're going to be up at least 23, it looks like. And then MGM is just a machine. I don't have the exact ROI numbers for these yet, but last month it was like 88% on MGM and we were up almost 50 units. This month up 37. Again, that's a little bit misleading just because some people, you know, it kind of counts like double promos. Like if people have different promos and a lot of that stuff targeted. And obviously some people are limited on any book that I talk about, but you know that's just sort of a part of this. Um, I, I can't possibly track individual people's limits. All that being said, awesome month, awesome week. That's why we're that's why we're so positive, and it's just good to be you know happy and positive sometimes. So let's keep it moving. Um, what else we got today, Nicholas? Um, I love that. I love the positivity. Um, do we want to hit anything in the gambling landscape update? Do you want to give us, I, I know you already did the better odds uh, read. Do you want to do anything more with better odds there? Or should we move it on to the big thought? Uh, I guess the one thing I'll, I'll say that's sort of an update and one thing that the the nocturnal devs created is a really cool bot for my discord. We've also put it in um, our friend Kenny's discord and you it basically just lets you line shop uh, for regular lines and parlays, people seem to be getting a big kick out of it in my Discord, just like looking through it. So it's really easy. You just do dash line shop for a single line, and then you type in what you want, and then it tells you the best book, <clears throat> the odds at the best book. So like somebody typed in at line shop uh, Oklahoma plus 14 and a half, like some college basketball game today. Camby's got the best odds at minus 210. The weighted market average, the you know, we, it's labeled as the better odds. Um, and I've gone into detail about how we do those. We think it's a lot better than, I guess, competitors because uh, it's not just like, here's the pinnacle line. You know, we weight each book by their sharpness. We use 30-day rolling average for each market, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, I've already gone into that. So the better odds is minus 214. So Canby is uh, plus 1.4%, it says EV. Then the next best price minus two ten on I mean, minus two fifty on DraftKings that three sixty five minus two sixty and so on and so forth. So it shows you all the competitors, the fair odds, the best book, the best odds, and that's really good for line shopping. It also lets you do that for parlays. 
so if you are in my Discord, uh, I would, I've already told you to check it out, and you probably are looking at how many inputs there are, but make sure you're doing that. Honestly, just saves you a bunch of time. Like this stuff's on the website too, but if you're already in the Discord, like you're talking about a player, you know, hey, I'm going to the the next game today. I want to bet on Jalen Brunson points, and you're just running out the door. You know, just type it into the to the bot, and you can find out the best place to take Jalen Brunson points, right? Or do whatever parlay you want to do. So that's a cool update. Should we keep it moving? Let's. Uh, so you wanted to talk a little bit about limiting today and the big thought, and we're trying to keep this episode positive, but I have a feeling we might have a bit of a more. Uh, this is the one area of the pot I was a little nervous might get a bit negative. So I think I'm going to try and keep you on track here. But uh, talk to me about limiting. Yeah, I mean, it's just so great when you can't place a bet that you want to place because a book is scared of you. No, no, no. Um, that sarcasm is not positivity. Um, okay, so I am working on an article on Pickett. Shout out to Pickett. On, about limits. Just to talk about it. It's something I've talked about here before, but maybe not extensively enough. I'm not really like I'll give some tips and whatever about how to avoid limits, but sometimes it's inevitable, sometimes it's hard to avoid, whatever, right? Or sometimes you can just go too crazy trying to avoid limits that you're not making any money or you're you're spending too much time on the app putting in weird play, like you know what I mean? So so it's definitely something very worth considering, but people have different considerations. Some people just want to make as much money as they can for as long as they can or like you know they don't care if they only last a month and then they burn out and then they're done with the whole thing and you see that a ton with these like this isn't an odds jam gripe it's just like you see it a lot with these like odds jam affiliate accounts where they're like wow sign up using my code like i've seen hundreds of these accounts and then like they often don't last very long probably because they got limited so anyway i put out a poll on twitter for each book just to get an idea of the percentage of people that are limited at each book and the percentage of people that are promo banned. So for those who don't know what these mean, limiting means just a regular bet. You want to place, whether it's a money line, a player prop, a parlay, an SVP, whatever, and the book doesn't let you bet more than X amount. Some books are really harsh. Like you can't bet more than $2 on, you know, whatever, on a, on a, you know, a heat money line, right? Like an NBA money line. Some, you know, will will have more reasonable limits. A lot of people talk about FanDuel limiting people, you know, on certain player prop markets to only be able to win or to only be able to bet like five hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. You know, so there's there's different degrees to limiting, but in some way it is stopping you from betting, you know, as much as you want on certain bets. And I define that super arbitrarily for Twitter as. You can't bet $40 on any market, like on a certain market. That means you are somewhat limited. Promo banning is different. Promo banning is we're, we're going to let you bet on our on our app, at our sportsbook potentially, but you don't get access to our promos. And that's just because, you know, we don't want to let you not bet, but promos are, are a gift and, you you know, you haven't earned that gift, <laughs> basically. And then promo limits, which I didn't, pull about but people would get confused are that that's just that's a part of any promo basically that there is going to be some limit on the amount that you can bet the promo on so on FanDuel boost it's either 20 or 50 dollars for people uh, for example like that's not a limit to me that's just that's just what the promo is it's a here here's 20 dollar max on this boost right that's I don't view that as any really any limit some that doesn't mean that some people don't have higher limits like uh, DraftKings kind of famously Give some people ten dollar 
limits on you know clash on the court and other people two hundred and fifty dollars. That's that's all a gift in their head and in my head. And I don't view the ten dollar people as limited. Just they don't have as much of the of the gift, right? And not to be confused with the hockey gift. It's just separate. It's just a coincidence in the terms. Okay. So this is what the results of the poll were. And again, I'll, I'll kind of make this concise in an article. But are you promo banned on Bet365? So I'm going to kind of group these into the people that don't promo ban much and the people that do. So how embarrassing are you? Promo? Are you promo banned on Bet365? 9% said yes. 31% said no. 60% said they don't have Bet365. And that's because it's not in a ton of states. But still, you know, that sort of 3 to 1 ratio is... Not, it's not awesome, but it's it's not embarrassing for, for Bet365. What is the most typical thing that's going to get you banned from promo? promo I mean, yeah, so it's, it's a tricky thing uh, with all of this, but I would say that if they start to view... I mean, you're going to get limited and promo banned if you take advantage of glitches. That's like kind of the easiest way to do it. If you're very clearly arbing, right? All of these sports books want you to be betting. They want you to have stake in the game, to be involved in it, to be on the app. And if they view you as arbing, or if it, first, if they view you as arbing, so you're betting $187 to win $231 at the same time as you know other people, and they're all betting in super weird amounts, and it's a line that gets a ton of CLV. This is a big thing that sportsbooks track. Uh, it's your closing line value. So, you know, you're kind of just taking advantage of bad lines and that's super obvious to them. Then you are more likely to get limited. You're more likely to get promo banned. I think that promo banned is sort of like a, for some books, it's it's easier for them to promo ban than to limit. And that, and that might just be as simple as you're betting a bunch of promos and you've been making money off of them every single month for the last 12 months. And they're like, okay, we got to stop giving them promos, right? Like, and that... The way to get around that would be either to not make money, to bet a bunch of regular stuff with the promo so they view you as like a normal good customer, or to pray, right? Um, so does that answer your question, Nick? Yeah, yeah, completely. Okay, great. So are you promo banned on Bet365? 9% said yes, 31% said no. Obviously, most people don't have Bet365. Are you limited on Bet365? Similar numbers, 11% said yes. 29% said no, 60% said they don't have it, which is good. We want those numbers to be similar. It'd be weird if they weren't. Um, so ESPN ended up looking really good in this. Probably the biggest, not surprised, but a little bit. Like I was the most impressed with, the, with ESPN on this. Are you promo banned on ESPN? 7% said yes. 62% said no. 31% said they don't have ESPN, which shows how big of a market New York is. Um, are you limited on ESPN? Similar numbers here, 12% said yes, 57% said no, 31% said they don't have ESPN. So a good showing on ESPN. And I think it's important to know these numbers because I guess just as a side as I keep moving, because it also shows you kind of how careful you have to be. And th this can flip in an instant, so you, sh you should never feel too comfortable. But you should have an expectation when you sign up for a sports book how likely you are to get limited because... You know, as you as we start to get to the MGM and Bet Rivers of the world, you may either want to be super careful about avoiding it, or you might say, you know what, there's this awesome glitch that just popped up. Somebody tagged it in whatever Discord, or I found it myself, like whatever. 
and I'm just going to play it because I'm going to get limited in a, in, a, in a month anyway. So I think it's good to think about this as you shape your betting. So anyway, ESPN, good showing. Bet365, medium. Fanatics, most people don't have it. It was almost 50-50 for the people that did. Slight, slightly leaning no. So 23% said not promo banned. 17% said they were. Um, limits were similar. We'll keep moving. I don't know if Fanatics has earned you know, a much larger conversation about them. So now we get to the embarrassing group. MGM, are you promo banned on MGM? 41% said yes. 34% said no. And 25% said they don't have MGM. Now, my thought on this, well, other than that it's embarrassing, it's, you know, not a lot. Like, it's, it's hard to, to make money off of MGM playing their promos and have them not take them away from you. Also, I think New York doesn't get a lot of promos. I think there's a little bit of a bias that a lot of people feel. They, you know, they see all these MGM promos and they're like, I'm not getting a bunch of them. I must be promo banned, even though they're not fully promo banned. So I think there's a bit of a bias in there. Are you limited on MGM? 35% said yes, 41% said no. So slightly leaning towards no, but look, MGM's a book where people get limited uh, for sure. Bet Rivers was the worst with this. And they're representative of a lot of the Camby books. Camby's the odds provider. Parks, Unibet, Sugar House. I guess Unibet's gone now. Uh, I can't keep up. All these, you know, all of these, uh, excuse me, all of these Camby books keep dying. Are you limited on FanDuel? 24% said yes. 74% said no. So That's a pretty high percentage. This was the biggest surprise for me. And I think a lot of people who said yes think that they're limited because they can only bet $20 on a FanDuel boost, you know what I mean, instead of 50 or their promo limits are only $10. Like, I think this is the book more than any, and DraftKings a little bit in here, that got where people were confused about promo limits and conflated them with regular limits. But, you know, it's still it clearly can't be that high a percentage because on Caesars, some people are limited and they, their number was only 11% yes. So half, uh, yeah, basically half of, well, a bunch of people don't have it. So whatever, not quite half. But uh, still clearly less than we're limited on FanDuel. And I think, and they, they have, you know, limits on their promos and, and boosts as well. So I would think that the same people that were confused on FanDuel were confused on Caesars. So I think all of these numbers are a bit high. But it does show that... To me, I, I was surprised that FanDuel's number was, was so much higher than Caesars and close to DraftKings. Uh, I, I was definitely surprised to see it, and it sounds like you were as well. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear one in four players uh, is is limited. I would think that that would be something that really happens on the fringes, um, not something that's happening at a 25% rate. That seems very high to me. Yeah, I mean, if people were sticking to the $40 rule, I'm very surprised about it. I know that FanDuel limits like they do have limits they're just generous with them like a lot of people are limited but they're not like super limited if that makes sense so if you if you're limited on a lot of these books that i've mentioned like you're cooked like you're it's it's really hard to keep betting like a bet rivers whereas on fanduel you you could still bet you just can't bet that much if you're limited which is in my opinion the perfect way to do this because as we think about and we're going to start to shift our, our thought process to if you were a sports book and whether you would limit as you shift that mindset like 
that you want to protect yourself. And I, and I say this all the time when, you know, when I was trading, where there were certain customers where I was, I mean, I don't know if scared is the right word, but I, I've, I've certainly laid out why trading with them with, you know, in previous episodes was not profitable. It didn't make sense to do it. And mostly everyone knew what they were doing. Everyone saw the, the, the customer flow. If you want it, it means that you were willing to get it at a you know, better price to the customer than anyone else was. And how are, you how are you possibly supposed to hedge with anyone if they all saw it and they weren't willing to, to buy it, let's say, where you were willing to buy it. So now you're just taking it at a price. You're buying it at a price where, yeah, it's better than, than your, your mid-market you know, or, or your fair value. But the person that you're trading with or the, the customer that you're trading with, it's not a hedge. It's a, you know, this is a scary hedge fund that intends to make money. So they intend to make money at that price. They're smart, whatever. Like they're good on the other end. And you don't have time to check all your 10 million markets to make sure it's right. So your fair market's probably a little bit off. <laughs> and you're holding a trade that the opposite party expects to make money off of. And you can't hedge any of it. Like you can't get rid of any of it. So it's the same kind of idea for FanDuel. If they, if they are seeing that this guy makes money 12 months out of the year and he's making a bet, yeah, I'm collecting some VIG on it, I think, but realistically, I'm probably going to lose money on this trade, on this bet, sorry. So that's why they would limit people. But why I think this is the right way to do it is because they're still, they keep those customers on their app and believe me, sometimes those guys you know, even the best bettors are going to need to, they're going to want to hedge on FanDuel and actually pay some VIG. They're going to want to, like, let's be real, like, like their friend wants to bet on something and, you know, they're going to, they're going to help them do it on FanDuel, like stuff like that. But, and then more importantly, because what they're, look, they're still going to be positive on FanDuel. More importantly, they're telling, you know, they're telling all their friends about all the money they're making on FanDuel and getting them to sign up or they are, you know, bragging at the party about how easy it is to make money on FanDuel or this amazing, you know, they're at a Super Bowl party and they're like, oh, I took, I, you know, I, I have this awesome boost that I'm on, like whatever it is, you become the, you know, the, the leader in this market by getting people talking, by getting people on the app, by getting whatever. And if you're a bet rivers, that's why you're not leaving the market. When most people are, are limited, you become irrelevant. And when somebody's random cousin, whatever, is signing up for Sportsbook, they're going to sign up for FanDuel because they, it's it's in their ears. It's what everybody's talking about. So I think that the partial limiting that FanDuel does is the best way to do it. And I think that this poll actually speaks to that because a lot of people are somewhat limited. But nobody, like, we don't talk about FanDuel limits. You, you know, you were shocked by it. I was shocked by it. So I've always said they do it the best. And I think that this kind of proves it. But anyway, should we get to the next book? We should. Uh, Caesars, like I said, 11% yes, 66% no, 23% don't have it. Uh, Caesars has been kind of notorious about being pretty good. DraftKings, 32% yes, 65% no. This was about what I expected. Again, I think it's a little inflated because of promo limits, just the way I was saying that about FanDuel. And DraftKings may even have it worse when it comes to people thinking they're limited because they can only bet $10 on something. But, you know, these are the two leaders. And I think that they, you know, clearly they limit the least besides for Caesars. And they don't promo ban anyone. 
I've never heard of a single person being promo banned on FanDuel or DraftKings and whatever. If there's a singular person, like, fine, sorry. But, you know, the numbers would be 1% at, at, at most. So I think that they're doing it right. Don't, don't, don't make people feel excluded from promos. I think that DraftKings limits should mirror FanDuel's limits in the sense that you can still, like, be on the app. And they're not horrible, horrible about it, but it's not great. And I think that, you know, there's a reason why BetRivers and MGM are, are in the embarrassing category. And Bet365, they're, they're heading the wrong way from what I'm seeing and from what I'm hearing. And, you know, the poll, again, it wasn't too bad of a poll. But I think that that poll looked very different a few weeks ago. And I, I would highly recommend that they stop if they want to become a DraftKings or FanDuel or ESPN, again, who's entered this market and their numbers were the best. I think it was 7% and like 10% or 9%. Like, that's really good. So, uh, and again, 30% of people didn't have it. So it kind of evens it out a little bit. But there's a reason why the top books are the way they are. And I do think it makes sense from a business perspective. They got to do some form of limiting. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the idea that they have to do some form of limiting. What does this world look like without limiting? Like, what, why can you give like a quick explainer of why they need to limit? Well, it's just to make sure sharps aren't taking too much advantage of the books. Well, so I, I outline I the example of, you know, you're, you're, you're making a market and you have the, the hedge fund thing, right? And mm -hmm. the reality is, so when I was in that seat, I could sort of, I could make my price wider for certain customers and you can't really do that as a sports book so we didn't limit but we would be wider for certain customers uh for these guys since they can't do it like that they either wouldn't be able to offer all of the markets that they do i mean DraftKings and FanDuel have so many markets that you can bet on uh but the reality is you know a smart better like a sharp better or let's say like a conglomerate sitting at home with 10 screens and you know, fancy tech and a bunch of really smart people is looking through their literally 100,000 markets uh, on DraftKings and finding where they're vulnerable, like is going to be able to find it. Because there's no way DraftKings could be perfect in every single market. Yeah, but aren't they supposed to be hiring those smart people to be their line setters? Yeah, but it's a, it's, it's a lot cheaper to A, limit them just let just put some limits on to protect themselves uh b like move lines when they when they do see this kind of action uh and then i think c which is what the reality would look like you know you look at circa who famously does not limit but they they have a small fraction of the amount of markets that these other places do you just don't offer a million markets and you become really good at at money lines and spreads and totals and you say, we will not limit anyone. And I know people will say, you know, and Circa says, oh, we get all this information from the Sharps. So why would we limit them? It helps us, you know, take sides and stuff like that. That's great. But realistically, like, you aren't doing that with head-to-head <laughs> -head player props, just as an example. Does it make sense for them to limit only certain markets instead of limiting certain players? Well, they, they somewhat do that. Like, is there a world where I understand them not wanting to let you bet more than $100 on the 
color Gatorade in the Super Bowl right. or right because you might you might know the answer silly ones. <laughs> one you might know the answer and two like you might not want to offer like a huge you might want to limit someone betting on Chinese yes. basketball because they might know more information than you do but when we're talking about the major four or five sports where they have as much information as anybody else out there, wouldn't they just want to say, play as much as you can? We believe that our lines are as sharp as, it, as they come. Like, if you're winning, you're just winning for now. Eventually, you'll lose. I believe serious limits on money lines, spreads, totals for major, major markets are embarrassing. I just do. And I know that it happens on DraftKings, FanDuel. Um, I, I don't know about ESPN. It, they're, they're, gen- they're definitely more generous. And I think that, you know, talking about ways to avoid them, it's like in some ways these books, and again, they're not, they're not let, letting everyone bet $10,000 on a side or total. But I'm saying if you can't bet $100 on a money line, like an NBA money line or an NFL money line, like whatever, that's embarrassing for the book. Uh, so I, I, I'm not saying that, that crazy limits are inevitable, but to your point, yeah, I think that on Chinese basketball player props, like, yeah, it, it, like they're not going to offer Chinese basketball player props if they can't limit you on them because there's no way they're going to spend the time and infrastructure for the very few people that bet them. Like, it, it's just not a bang for your buck. It's not a bank for their buck to invest all that time and infrastructure into, you know, sports that a bunch of their their losing customers or, or you know customers that they want uh, are betting on. Right? They're just not going to make enough back. So it's just easier to say we're either not going to offer those props or we're going to limit people who 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 are kicking our ass on them. So I think you're absolutely right, and I think that that's where if you want to try and avoid this stuff, I like to do a lot of regular money lines just like right before tip the amount of vigor paying is just not very high especially if you like 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 don't you know i'm not saying like line chop like crazy but you know like type in a better odds who's got the best or like you go to DraftKings and you just type like DraftKings money line and then you filter search and it's like all right like you know brooklyn nets money line is a negative half percent play like i'm just gonna put a hundred bucks on that and look like a you know, I'm going to get zero CLV. It's right before tip. And I look just like a, a regular better. Uh, you know, SGPs, uh, parlays, like all that stuff is stuff that makes you look like a regular better, even if you are a, I don't really like calling us like EV people like sharp betters, but even if you are like a winning better, um, or even if you're doing it with more <laughs> uh, nefarious, like more like winning intentions than maybe the average gambler who's just doing it for fun, just going to the to the Nets game later and wants to have something to root for, kind of thing. Like you want to look like that person. Yeah, yeah. I guess there are ways to hide it. Not not on, not on like a, a Bet Rivers. I mean, very clearly. Like if you look at my Twitter account, and obviously my Twitter account is going to be you know somewhat like more winning betters than than most Twitter followings. But it's 75,000 people. It's filled with just a lot of people who are like, you know, regular degens that sometimes see a promo or boost and be like, oh, you know, that one actually looks pretty good. I'll take it, right? Like, as opposed to somebody who's kind of sticking to this stuff more religiously. But when you have 
34% limited on Bet Rivers versus 24% not. So the majority of people who are on it are limited. You're going to have a hard time if you're making money every month <laughs> to to um, not get limited in some capacity. But you know, there, plenty of people do it. It's just I don't want people to think that oh, follow these two simple tools and you definitely won't get limited on Bet Rivers. I know people who have been there for years, made money every single month, they tail every, like they do the whole thing and they're not limited. I also know people that got limited in, you know, a week, two weeks, whatever, not betting anything crazy, just, you know. So, so this is always a bit of a crapshoot, but I, I think stuff like that helps you. You know, the, the money lines, the SGPs, the parlays, just like not getting CLV and doing stuff that makes you just look like a regular degenerate, which is unfortunately what they yeah. want. Yeah, I mean, from from the book's point of view, that makes complete sense. And I mean, I don't think it's that hard. I mean, I've never been limited in, um, in California, but I would think it's not that hard to just hide amongst a few parlays and then take advantage of some EV plays here and there to make sure your account isn't limited. But... Uh, I'm sure they uh, they've thought of everything I've thought of. So, well, you you you'd say that, but again, the 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 you know the ones with the big market share all had at least two thirds majority not you know vote not limited, not promo banned, like all that stuff. So it's clear which which stuff works and and what doesn't. Um, when I say I understand limits, it's it's again it's really the Chinese basketball stuff, like you mentioned. It's the limiting the ten percent of people who are very clearly glitch hunting and really taking advantage of you. So I, I get it from a little bit, a little bit, but obviously a lot of these, you know, the, the Bet Rivers and MGMs, like you're just never going to gain a following by limiting half your customers. And I think that FanDuel ultimately is the example that most should abide by, where we're going to limit some people, not a lot, not a lot. We kick their butts anyway. You know, we kick everyone's butts anyway, and we want to be the name out there because one good customer can hurt. But you know, they tell their friends, and then that's one bad customer who tells ten more, and now all of a sudden they got eleven bad customers out of the good customer. But also, let's just impose some limits. Let's keep them on our app. Let's keep them talking, and yeah, they'll make a little bit of money off of us. But we're gonna keep it within reason, as opposed to just sort of the full scale like you're done here. And Bet365 is literally, and like fanatics, they've been like emailing people, telling them like, you're done here, <laughs> which you know, I'm, I don't think is, is the way forward here. And, and ultimately, I, I'd be shocked if in five years, the biggest book had numbers that looked like Bet Rivers or MGM, where half the people are limited. Like, I don't think we're heading towards that. I think we're actually in the current place. I think that FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars, they've looked like this for a while now, and I think they will continue to. Although some some of the those books might get worse, I think the top ones will still look good. All right, I mean that's good advice, and it's good to know both where it is now and where it's headed. Um, but I think we want to keep this lighthearted, so let's move back to the wheel of sports and have some more fun conversations. Um, so let's give it a spin. Today we have NBA rule changes, Max Struess's legacy game, a Wemby check in. Fabletics Pants, and TPG's real name. Here we go. Let's give it a spin. 
Great. Today, uh, today it looks like we're talking about Wemby. Uh, TPG, tell me, uh, how's he look to you? And do you think that my prediction is looking good? You mean your prediction of his ceiling being like Porzingis? Yes, that is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think he's already as good as Porzingis. Uh, and Porzingis is having a great year. Otherwise, I would say he's better. I mean, when I look at Wemby, I think about what he looked like that first preseason game. Where, not that I ever hesitated about how good he was going to be, but he looked relatively terrible, right? Super awkward. Didn't feel like he had grown into his body at all. Uh, was tripping, was missing, was sort of didn't know where to be on the court. Uh, the numbers were terrible in, in just like a preseason game, not even against, you know, Rudy Gobert, you know, the defense player of the year. And now I watch him, his dribble moves. I mean, first off, he just looks so much smoother as an athlete. His shots clearly gotten better. I mean, the numbers he's put up, especially per minute in the second half of the season or the last, you know, 20, 30 games have been insane. Uh, he's blocking more shots, stealing more balls. Like, you know, his dribble moves are, are looking crazy. Did you see the one where he went, like, in and out, cross, step back over over Rudy and didn't even watch it go in? He, he turned around to the fans? Yeah, I think it was over Kyle Anderson. I, I actually just watched that. Oh, you're right. It was Kyle Anderson. You're right. You're right. It was against Rudy, but it was it was uh, over Kyle Anderson. In fact, the guy the guy who stood up that he was talking to based, uh, on the sideline was wearing a Rudy Gobert jersey. So, like, that's why, that's the only reason I noticed. I was like, wait, was that over Rudy? And I watched it again. It was uh, the guy. You know, everyone looks everyone looks so short next to him. Like, he's standing next to Shaq after one of the games. And Shaq looked small. I'm like, Jesus, this guy's, this guy's massive um, or really tall. But anyway, like, the, if, he progress, if he continues to progress like this, he'll be one of the top 10 players in the league next year. And he's already, uh, what is he, 20 and a half and like 10 and a half with three and a half blocks in 28 minutes a game or something. Um, I think they need to get him a point guard and all that. But I, I mean, I think it's time to start talking over under MVPs and DPOIs. And I think that he's going to be the best player in the league, uh, assuming he stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I have to see him really like, dominate a game offensively i mean i've said the whole time two things one that his limit as a defensive player is absolutely sky high and that's what everyone's getting so excited about these five by fives which really required very little from him things that he's already proven he can do on the offensive end it's the five blocks and five steals that have people excited and i honestly don't see that changing he will change how everybody on the court, he will change the full geometry of the court defensively. It's offensively, you know how people could put up a quiet, like, 26 that doesn't really affect the game? I feel like he, until I see him, and granted I haven't watched much Spurs basketball recently, but until it starts to lead to wins where it's like, oh, or like, if he was doing it, and it was leading to wins, and it was, like, changing the game, I feel like I would have seen, like, it would be all over my timeline. Like, look at this. Yeah, they'd be winning. Sure, they'd be winning And it'd just be like, look at this five-play stretch from Wemby where he gets a bucket, block on the other end, step back three, block on the other end. Like, he's he's had fourth quarters all year where where that's happened, but then they they ultimately lose. 
I understand what you're saying, but I think I'm just excited to yeah. see if, like, in the fourth quarter, when it's a uh, his team is down three with four minutes left, is he the kind of player where, like, if you're thinking about the Celtics, not as much on the defensive end because they're just a great team def- defense team, but Jason Tatum is probably taking six of the next eight shots, and of the two shots he's not taking, he drove was double teamed turned around and hit Derek White for an open three. And it gets to a point in the game where the stars just are like, I am going to will us to victory. And I just, I'm excited to see if, if we're talking about him as a potential MVP, I'm, I've never said, I think he could win the next eight defensive player of the year awards. Like he actually can average four or five blocks a game and just affect another 15 shots. It's just more so, is he going to get to the point where it's the end of the game and, oh, Jokic is just doing his thing. Like, Jokic just controlled the last 13 possessions and made sure the Nuggets won. I don't really see him controlling the game that way. Well, should I tell you where Giannis and Jokic and all of them were when they were 20 years old? Because <laughs> they weren't here. They weren't where he is. Like, I, I understand what you're saying, that it's got to lead to wins and whatever, ultimately. But just the fact that we're holding him to that standard like, in his second year, he will probably be the best defensive player in the league. And you say that it's empty calories, but, like, I do see him. I think he's super effective late in the shot clock because he will get a decent shot no matter what. It's not no matter what. He's, like, got the worst mid-range pull-up numbers in the league. No, no, but I'm saying for, like, an end of, but yes, an end of shot clock be able shot. To get anything off. Right. And, and you can see that it's going to develop where – where those all those percentages basically in every scenario will go up. I mean, he's a twenty-year-old kid. Uh, everyone's percentages go up, and will he turn into a thirty and fifteen guy? I don't know, but I think that he will be a very good offensive player at a minimum, the best defensive player in the league. Uh, like almost clearly, and it sounds like you kind of agree. So I don't, I don't see. A, a healthy path for him where he's not considered like a top three to five guy because he's the only one that has I love the, the offensive uh-huh. I love that concession by you because like I do think that that was a huge part of my thesis on him but Porzingis just, is not a top three to five I've guy I've just never seen no no, no the the, <laughs> the healthy caveat like a healthy version of him I I cannot understand how someone built the way he's built can stay healthy. And that was a huge part of why I didn't believe in him. I was like, I do think that he's clearly talented. I just cannot imagine this frame holding up like in any type of long-term way. Well, I'm not going to say I can't imagine him not being a top whatever player without saying I could imagine him getting hurt, obviously. But you seem to be forgetting that this is the positivity episode. Oh, yes. Which means he won't get hurt, which means he will be the best player in the league. And, yeah, he's going to win the next eight DPOIs and four of the next eight MVPs because his advanced numbers are going to be crazy. They're going to get him like a Trey Young or someone, and they're going to start winning. Like, as soon as San Antonio decides to cash in on their assets. And by the way, if they do get Trey Young, there is absolutely no better fit for Trey Young than just getting protected by Wemby, where it yeah, gets, yeah, yeah. like those rumors were circulating at trade deadline, and 
it makes so much goddamn sense. Like it, it's yeah, just and, a perfect fit. We talked we talked about a Capella type being great with some of these point guards that can where you just sort of they're just rim runners, right? You protect them on the defensive end, you catch lobs on the offensive end, mm-hmm. and. Trey's going to help Wemby in that scenario where he's really not being helped now. And it would be so tough to defend that pick and roll because you can't take a half step off Wemby or the ball's going up and he's dunking it. Uh, so it's going to make Trey a lot better and they'll start to win. But also that you know he can shoot and he can bail, bail you out at the end of the clock. Uh, where, where Trey, it's hard for small guards to kind of bail you out at the end of the clock in the same kind of way, which is why so many people prefer these Jordan, Kobe, Kawhi, PG, like I know I just named a bunch of really good players, but like these wings that are bigger, Kevin Durant's that can just go get you a bucket. People always say, oh, go get you a bucket. Uh, I think that Wemby can also turn into that just a lot where he can get you a bucket and he can be super effective late in the clock. But then as a rim runner, I mean, who's better than an actually coordinated athletic seven foot four, like seven foot nine wingspan guy? And Trey Young, like you said, is the perfect. I mean, he's like leading the league in assists, and he doesn't have a Wemby. Yeah, I mean, no push, but I'd love to see that pairing. Um, I think that's the kind of guy that can potentially unlock everything that Wemby can do. Um, and excited to see what they do. It, it'll make it a lot harder for me to stay on this train once they have a competent <laughs> team around him. So the winning starts to actually happen. I mean, he is definitely hamstrung. Uh, with some pretty uh, yeah, it's crazy watching. Yeah, it's it's some pretty bad decision making. The whole Jeremy Sohan's going to be our point guard experiment doesn't seem to be panning out all that well. Yeah, they've already moved off that. They've already moved off that. Uh, Trey Trey Jones is their primary point guard now. Um, all right, so should we go to the next topic? I see we're running a little bit late on time, and we still have um, best beat, worst beat, and grinds my gears. Um, honestly, let's just jump straight to best beat. Great. Okay. So I was pretty sure. So this is a little bit of a, a mea culpa here, but in a positive way. My grants, my gears was about soccer and the, the stoppage time. To me, it was ridiculous that you have these 12 minute, you know, 90 plus 12. And then it would go on to like the 16th minute after that. I think I, we had one like the 18th minute. I'm like, we need a buzzer. We need a timer. Like, let's just do it in a normal way. But we needed a team corner. I think we had, for one of our soccer SGPs, it's like over three and a half team corners for one of the team. So not just any corner, but just the right team had to get it. And in the 13th minute of a 90 plus 12, we got it. So the, game, the match should have been over by my stupid definition. But it wasn't. It lived on. And it was the most, I turned it off at 12 minutes. I was like, all right, you know, whatever. Nice try. And then all of a sudden, I see everybody saying bang, and I can't believe it, and there's nothing more exciting than that. It, it should have been over, but now I'm happy that they have this rule, because that led to what I thought was going to be the best beat of the week. But because it's positivity episode, instead of best beat, worst beat, we're doing best beat, best beat. Whoa, huge shakeup. Nevada money line last night. <laughs> we used our clash in the court, whatever, 50% boost on Nevada money line. And that was plus 260, so then plus 390 with the boost. This highlight really got me just like in the mood for college basketball. And March for March Madness. Madness to really yeah. get going. So we had their money line, 
which looked like a stone cold lock. I don't know what they were up, but they were up like nine with two minutes left. And then they were still up, you know, four and shooting free throws with like 30 seconds left. And they have a 90% free throw shooter at the line, splits them. They go down and score. Uh, and then whatever, it's a two point game. And he's shooting more free throws, I think, with six seconds left. And he's got, it's not one on one, he's got two free throws. And they are up by two. So, you know, 81% chance you go up by four and the game's over. And then, you know, whatever other chance that he splits them and they're up at least three where it becomes really hard. You could foul, whatever. He misses them both. So he goes one for four, this 90% free throw shooter, Jared Lucas, Gerard Lucas. Colorado State scores. So ties it up with two seconds left. And then this guy who was 5 for 18 on the game, couldn't hit a free throw at the end. You know, you, ha- you have a, a relatively big underdog going to overtime. It just blew a big lead. Like, you're going to choke this away if you go to overtime. And he hits a half court, but like a tough, it wasn't straight on half court. It was like from, from the, the right wing half court. Yeah, banked in. Banked in. Like, good for him. And an awesome win, at like, you know, past midnight last night. Uh, to catch the play. So we got best beat, best beat. Two really good beats. Um, I, I could try and think of a bad beat for you, but we don't do that on Positivity Day. So those are, those are the two we're going to talk about. Um, yeah, no, I love that. I honestly love po- like our full positivity episode. Um, excited to see what you do with Grinds My Gears on a full positivity episode. It's going to be a very unique Grinds My Gears you're right, because I'm, I'm not even going to say anything negative. Whoa, 43rd episode, we have our first positive grinds my gears, even though it doesn't make sense with the name of the segment. You know what really grinds my gears? Because I got an awesome message. And you know what? I, I'm lucky that I get a lot of cool messages and people are, you know, people are very, like, generous with the, you know, a lot of it's like, you made the bets, you follow, like, you know, so they, the people that follow, like, deserve credit when they're when they're making money off of, you know, the plays that I find, I'm just a service sort of finding EV plays for you. Um, but, you know, sticking with it, going through the notifications, hustling to your phone, like, you know, it's a real thing and people deserve their own credit for it. But a lot of people give it to me instead. Uh, so I got, but I got a particularly awesome message February 26th. So I, I guess two days ago. Hey, promo guy, two years ago, I joined your discord and started telling your place. I started off with $20 units and kept increasing my unit as my bankroll went up and up. To this date, you have won me around $50,000. Holy shit, LOL. This past Saturday, I proposed to my girlfriend and was presumably now fiance and was able to buy her dream engagement ring. Just wanted to say in all caps, thank you. Expect an invite to our wedding. Well, I'm not going to say the person that said it, you know, for privacy and whatever, and it's kind of lame to do that, but that made me feel really good. Um, and I'm super excited for this guy and super excited for the wedding invite. Yeah, I, I doubt that comes. Um, but maybe at the same, the same time that the, that the real name, I don't know. This would normally be something you would expect the fiance to push back on, but if she got the <laughs> ring of her dream, if she got 50 K for a rock, she might be, <laughs> I, I doubt, yeah, I doubt he put it all know. into, into the ring. I don't, he made it sound like he may have spent it all in one place. I, I'd be so surprised. He may be getting an invite. I'd be surprised. I mean, look, I, I'd be honored. I'd probably go, honestly. 
um, just because I'm so honored. But I'm really excited about that. And I'm, I, honestly, kudos to them. Uh, kudos to him for, you know, making $50,000 gambling in two years and, and being uh, the great boyfriend, now fiance that he is, and, and spending some of that money, I, I assume, on an engagement ring. Not that there's anything wrong with spending a whole ton, on, you know, a whole fifty thousand on engagement ring, but uh, you know, I don't know their finances or whatever. But uh, you know, really happy for them, good for them, and that's awesome. Yeah, I mean that that uh, that's got to feel pretty good, um, getting that and be feeling like, I mean, you do this obviously to make money, but it's also, there's a, a big part in working with you that I've seen where it's like, you genuinely really want your community to succeed. Uh, so that's gotta feel really good seeing that play out uh, so successfully for someone who, especially is like, yeah, like the way he told his story, he started with this a relatively small unit size and has worked his way up to $50,000. That's, uh, that's no joke for anybody, so. Congrats to him and congrats to you for continuing to to make people's lives a little bit better. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And honestly, I just appreciate that they and, and anyone that, that does, you know, this kind of a message, uh, just, you know, kind of take the time to thank me. It's like super unnecessary and, and super nice. Uh, not that the person that, you know, that doesn't lose $50, <laughs> not that they don't message me like the opposite, but um but I, I appreciate this, and, and uh, again, I'm happy for them. So we're going to end on a positive note. A uh, reminder, you can get 90% off your first month of Better Odds, which is WAP.com, W-H-O-P.com, slash Better Odds, B-E-T-T-O-R, odds. Um, so you can sign up there. The promo code is T-P-G-P-O-D, T-P-G-P-O-D, 90% off your first month. So if you've already... Sign up, like use the, the, the free month from the Discord um, or whatever. If you've already somehow signed up for this, then you wouldn't be like you won't be eligible. Won't let you use it. But I've got you know 500 uses here. So the first 500 people that do it, frankly, I highly doubt it will be more than that, just based off of our listeners and the overlap that we have with the Discord. But um, Make sure to check it out. You Honestly, you'd be silly not to. So that's it for our episode. Hope you enjoyed the positivity episode uh, and have a great week. Thank you, Nick. Yep, good work by you, TPG. See you, buddy.